Hey, welcome, guys. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord. Everybody had a good Thanksgiving, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I know we got to share it with some great friends and families and probably ate a little bit too much, but you know what? Yes. We'll, we'll work that off when we put the chairs up. How about that? But anyway, today what I want to do, we got a lot of ground to cover. And um, I, I, what I wanted to really do is do a teaching, preaching, and a celebration. So it's all running together. And I think that's a good thing because the title of our message today is why we do what we do. And you might say, well, man, what are you talking about? There's a lot of times in life we just kind of do things and really don't know the meaning behind it. And, and today I want to make sure that we really understand the meaning of communion, okay? So we're going to take a little time and reflect on that. And so today what I want to do is hopefully we'll pull these things out as we go through the Word. Why do we do what we do? To remember, to rejoice and worship, to repent, and, and to remember that we're reconciled through the cross. Amen? So if you got your Bibles with you today, I want you guys to get ready to turn to 1 Corinthians 11. And we're going to be working through the verses 23 through 31. But we're going to be talking about the Lord's Supper or communion, okay? So we're, we're talking about the same thing when we say that. And often a lot of times when, when you hear that, I, I really wonder, what, what do we think about that? You know, do we think, wow, is that something that we just tack on at the end? Is that something we do occasionally? Today I want to really... Just kind of strip that back and go back and show you what Jesus was was talking about in, in the, the whole message of communion. All right. So we look at that. What we're looking at here is is a, is a visible representation symbolizing the death of Christ for our sins. For one. OK. It reminds us of his great sacrifice when Jesus laid down his life for us and the truth of the great promise of his return. See, we're looking forward to Christ's return. Amen. It reminds us of our salvation, of the complete work of the cross. Who, Jesus who gave, gave his life for all our sins. And this is a time to celebrate with a grateful heart of what God did. So this is what I want us to kind of take a look at. But I want to go ahead and read from God's word what he has here. All right? I'm going to read off my paper. Can you all see that all right? And this is Paul. He's talking to the church of Corinth. And, and what he's doing, he's, he's bringing, back, bringing them back to the basics of what's going on here. And he talks about what Jesus did on the, the night that he was betrayed. And we're going to read through that. But what was happening, I want to give you a little background here. Sometimes um, we need to go back to the basics so we can get a good, firm foundation, right? And what was happening in the church, uh, the Corinthian church, was they would always do uh, communion and they'd have a big meal afterwards. And what was happening People were not really discerning what this was all about. They were just taking of it, you know, and just eating and then going and just having like a big old feast and not really thinking about what it meant for Jesus to pour out his blood for us, to, to have his body beaten for us. OK, so what he does, he starts here and he says he's going to give them a little refresher course. All right. So we're going to read that. It says, for I pass on you what I received from the Lord himself on the night when he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. And an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Now, I want to go a little bit further. A lot of times... Folks, we'll stop right there, but I want to give you the full nutshell of this, okay? We go on in verse 27, and he says, So if anyone eats this bread or drinks this cup 
of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread and drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you're eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Yet when we are judged by the Lord, we are being dis- disciplined so that we will not be condemned along with the world. Wow, that's a lot to kind of digest, okay? So how does all that fit together? Jesus was actually pointing back to something old, showing us in the natural, and then he starts pointing forward to something in the supernatural, the, the new covenant. But what I want to do is kind of, I pulled some notes out because there's a lot of information here, and kind of just put it in paragraph form, and I want to share that with you because I don't want to miss anything, okay? Now, what we're, Jesus was talking about the Passover supper when he was referring back to this, and you can find that in Exodus chapter 12. So we'll give you in a nutshell, give you about a paragraph of what's going on, okay? Moses had been instructed to lead God's people out of Egypt and save them from the evil and ungodly Pharaoh. Because of Pharaoh's disbelief of the power of God, the one true God, Jesus, the Lord Yahweh, sent a series of ten plagues upon the Egyptians. The Nile turned to blood. The various times the land was filled with frogs, gnats, flies, hail, locusts, and darkness. In one awesome act of, of God's ultimate authority, he sent one final devastating plague where every firstborn of every household would be annihilated. In his mercy towards his people, the Israelites, God would shield the Israelites from such unmerciful judgment if they would follow his instructions he gave to Moses and Aaron. The specific instructions are outlined in Exodus 12, like we talked about. And summing it up, the family would take a lamb of all a lamb for all the households were slain. And they would slay the lambs at the time at the time of twilight, and after a certain number of days. Then they were commanded to paint the sides of the top of the doorways with some of the blood. Once this was done and all the meat of the lamb was eaten in accordance with God's instructions, God would spare the Israelites from death. Okay? So I just wanted to kind of make sure I had everything in there. What was going on that God had instructed Moses to come back and says, I want you to go and free my people, the Israelites, from, from Egypt. They were in bondage and slavery for about 430 years, right? And Pharaoh was ruling over them in a, in a tough way, man. I mean, we're talking slavery, making the buildings. I mean, they were really oppressed, right? So what I want you guys to do is take a look at this. He gives them specific instructions. He goes back and he tells Aaron and Moses to, to go and talk to Pharaoh and says, release my people. He doesn't. He hardens his heart against the things of God. So what he does, he says, I'm going to show you who's boss, right? I'm going to put it in my own terms here. I'm going to show you who's boss. And he starts sending these plagues across the land. But he still hardened his heart, hardened his heart, hardened his heart. So finally God says, I'm going to tell you what, on the, on the tenth plague, he's really ramping up the fire here. He says, you know what? If you're not going to obey this, I'm going to take out the firstborn all across here, even the animals, all right? He said, but for the Israelites, if you go ahead and you listen to what Aaron and, and Moses say and obey what I tell you, we're going to pass over your house. That's the Passover. All right. So what he said, he said, take a lamb. Right. And he said, I want you to go ahead and slay that lamb. I want you to take the blood of that lamb and I want you to paint it on the doorpost of the houses. Right. Kind of makes a cross, doesn't it? Right. See, Jesus is referring back to that. All right. So that's what he does. And then he says, eat of the lamb, just like he says. And also something, as I was studying this out, he tells his people, get ready. Get your walking shoes on. He says, I'm going to free you. So those folks, they did exactly what God said. And when the death angel comes over, he passed over those that had put their faith and trust in the blood of the lamb. Right? 
So do you see what's happening there? When we start thinking about what Jesus is talking about, he did the very same thing when we take of communion. That was something in the, in the natural, right? And he's pointing back to that. And he fulfilled the law. Now he's going to show us what he did in the supernatural, okay? So that's what he's talking about here. So not only did the, the Israelites get rescued out of bondage from slavery, now let's look forward to what Jesus did, right? To get us out with the perfect sacrifice because he's called the Lamb of God, amen? So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today and jump in on that. So with that being said, did that set the stage okay? Do we kind of understand how we tie them together from the old to the new? The new is better, right? Grace. That's where we want to be. So that's what we're talking about right there. So we can see when we look forward to the lamb that was slaughtered for us, right? Jesus, right? Who gave the price. And he was on the cross. And his blood was poured out for us, for our remission of sins, right? And his body, which represents the bread, was beaten for us, for our iniquities, right? And our healing. We see that now, okay? But we're going to dig in a little bit more. But now, once we got that picture to kind of tie the old to the new, and Jesus fulfilling that new covenant that we're under grace, by grace we're saved through faith, not that of ourselves, but it is a gift to God, right? We receive that through faith. What I want to do is look at how we prepare our hearts, why we do what we do. I read a story, you know, um, and I was going to put this on the front end, but I'm going to talk about it right now. I read a story of a little girl talking to her mother, and she was noticing her mom's cooking, right? And when she was cooking, every time her mom would cook some meat, she would trim the ends of it off and then throw it in the pot. So the little girl asked her mom, said, well, mom, why did you do that? She said, well, I always saw your mother and my grandmother, your grandmother do that. I guess maybe it helps with the flavor. I don't know, but if next time you see your grandma, you ought to ask her. So when she sees her grandma, she says, grandma, why do you cut the end off the meat, she said, because the pot was too small. Okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, you get that. But see, a lot of times we just do that and we assume it's for another reason. And that's why I wanted to take the time today. The pot was too small. Sometimes our understanding is too small. But through the power and wisdom of God and through the reading of His Word, the Holy Spirit will illuminate these truths to us. So guess what? God's got big hands and we don't have to trim nothing off to come to Him. Amen? That's what I want to get out of that. Let's see what we want to talk about here. Everybody's got their hand out, right? That's where y'all say amen, make it sound like 150,000 people in here. Yeah, both of you, great. We have a good time. We have a good time. So one of the things I want to do is as we go through this teaching is to use this to purify our hearts and set our minds and hearts on what God has done for us, okay? So one of the things we want to do is look at, we need to remember. What are we going to remember? We want to remember what it costs to save us. You see, in the Old Testament during the Passover, there was a lamb, a a, a lamb without spot, right? An innocent lamb was shed. Do you see that same picture of Jesus? A sinless life was given for us. What did it cost? It cost God his very best. I think it's good to remember before we take communion that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now, you know, a lot of this stuff might be, yeah, buddy, we know that. But you know what? It's always good to go back and get some good foundational teaching because there's a lot of people that don't know why we do what we do. And now you're going to be able to have that fresh on your heart and share that with them. Jesus is the only way. Remember, his sacrifice was perfect. There's not going to be another sacrifice for us. It's already been done. All we got to do is grab hold of it by faith. Amen. Remember, we are under the new covenant of grace. We talked about that a little while ago. Not a lot of laws, 
right? And the law was good because what it did, it showed us our need for a savior. See, a lot of times if you don't know you need help, you don't do anything to get it. You ever heard that? You know, a lot of times, for example, I always thought about this. If you go up and down this street and there's no speed limit sign, you just run as fast as you want. It might not be safe. But what the law does here, they say, you know what? It's the safest speed to go is 30 miles an hour, right? Are they doing that to hem you up? No, they're doing that for your safety. Just like God gave his 10 commandments to keep us safe until the time. Of Christ came, amen, and point us to the Savior, right? Remember our commitment to serve. I really want to talk about that for a minute. You know, as we go and as we grow, um, we're going to have more opportunities to to, um, to serve. And, and I just pray as we look at this, and we look at the great sacrifice of Christ, that it works from the inside out. And what I mean by that, the inside out, is that we want to serve because we see such a great sacrifice. We want to be involved because of what Christ has done for us and makes us right, putting us in his family. Amen. Something else I want to take away from this slide is this. Remember, he is faithful. You are loved and we are forgiven. See, this is a time for us to be able to reflect on his goodness. So what I had on my little sheet, I put to remember his love, to remember his sacrifice, his obedience. Aren't you glad that Christ is obedient? And his forgiveness and the power of God that we have. What did I do, Tim? Okay. I must have hit the wrong button. I was getting ready to say, we're going to pray right now. <laughs> so, we want to remember these things that God has done for us, right? As we prepare our heart to take communion. Also, take a look at this. We need to be thinking about why we rejoice, why we're praising the Lord today. We rejoice in the freedom of Christ. We're no longer under that bondage. We are free from sin and live for Christ, right? We are accepted in Christ. I think that's the biggest thing that I see why people many times don't come to church. They feel like they're not accepted. But you know what? That's why we try to make it very easy for people to come in here that we can love them. Because it's all about him, not about us. And God loves you right where you are. But he loves you so much he don't want to just leave you there. He wants to bring you along for the ride. He wants to just take and pour his love, his grace, mercy, and forgiveness over your life. Why? Because he loves you. And nobody's like you, right? For one of a kind. But he wants you to share that with somebody else, right? So we have, we have a mission. We have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, to think about this. Now, something that we might not really realize. And I'll go ahead to the next one here. Jump on this. And the Holy Spirit dwells in each believer. I'm going to hit both of these points at once. We have a relationship with God Almighty because of what Jesus Christ did for us. The Holy Spirit dwells in each believer that's called upon the name of the Lord. Right? So we're never alone. Now think about this. When we roll back in Exodus, where we were talking a little bit before, the Holy Spirit didn't dwell in people. Right? So we think we got it tough sometimes. Think back and look at that. The Lord would pour out His Spirit on different folks as He saw fit to accomplish what He was doing up until... The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then when we call on the name of the Lord, we have the same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead in us. Right? So we have authority. We have power. We have wisdom. Right? We have all that that God gives us through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Which brings us to this. Christ is worthy to be honored and worshipped. Just like the songs we picked today. You know? When we think about that, 
Are we speaking those things from our heart? That's why we love to start out in a time of worship to kind of get our minds off the things of the world and get our mind and our eyes and our hearts on the things of God to tune us in to the Spirit of God so that we can hear the Word of God and grow in, the, in our relationship, right? Honor God with the life He's given us. You know, when we rejoice and we think about things, sometimes we don't know how good we got it till we look around sometimes, you know what I mean? When we're looking at Thanksgiving, you know, a lot of times we're thinking, man, I got to go get this. I got to go get the turkey. I got to do this. And there's many people that don't have a family to sit with. There's many people that don't have something to eat. So, you know, I, I really believe that um, it's a great time during this season to really reflect about how blessed we are and what God's done for us. And that's why we want to do some things like the food bank. That's why we want to make sure that we're looking, you know, when you have a prayer request, that we're, we're, we're going to be lifting those up. If there's needs and things that you know about of folks, or maybe even your own personal things, that if we can come alongside and help with that, we want to do that. Because you know what? God has blessed us, not to stockpile things, but to bless others. And see, that's where all the giving comes in, in the doing, in the serving, in our testimony. So I'll go back on this. If you look at each line, I want to question, how do you do in this? How do you rejoice in the freedom of Christ? Just take a little minute right there. How do I rejoice in the freedom of Christ? When I go to work, come tomorrow, am I going to have a big shovel lip? Or am I going to be thankful that God's given me a job? Just, just for example, you know. How do we rejoice in being accepted? Have you ever played a game, you know, when you got everybody out there and it could be kickball or whatever, and you're the last one picked? People say, it doesn't matter, but guess what? It starts working on you after a while. But you know what? God says, everything's even at the cross. I'll take you right here, right now. I accept you the way you are. I created you. You're amazing. Come into my house. That's what I want to see there. Think about this. Our relationship. How do we personally rejoice in that relationship? Knowing that any time, any time, you can call on the name of the Lord. Now, if you've got families and everybody's got different types of families, what's normal in your family may not be normal in his or her family. But it's really good to have a great friend or somebody in the family. And you know when you pick up that phone, they're going to come and do everything they can to help you. And you know what? That's just in the natural. And you know what? Even at that, sometimes we let each other down. You know, because that's this old flesh stuff. But God is always available for your needs, always available for fellowship. And what I want to say is, don't just call him when things are bad. We have that open line communication to speak with our Heavenly Father all the time. And what happens by doing that, God continues to grow us in the faith and help us hear from him even better. Amen. So we come on down that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in each of us, like we said. And I'm just trying to make it personal. I know I went through that. I just want to want you to kind of make it personal. How do I live my life because of the Holy Spirit dwells in, my, in me? Do I go around feeling defeated or do I walk in victory because I know who I am in Christ? Amen. And just like the other ones here, you know what? How do we worship Christ and how are we living a life that reflects the glory of God who poured out his blood for us, right? That's what I want to take today. Today, like I said, is more of a teaching and a preaching and a celebration. So I hope today when we do this, I hope that our life in, in service is honoring God. I hope our life in giving is honoring God. And I hope that our testimony is honoring God. Amen? Amen. Picking up speed, guys. I told you we had a lot of ground to cover. Well, you know what? Repent. We need to turn from things in our life. And I just, I really like this here. I'm going to read this to you. It says, Sharing communion provides opportunity to examine ourselves. 
And if the Holy Spirit shines his piercing light on anything in our lives that is unworthy of the body and blood of the Lord, we have the opportunity to repent and experience his forgiveness and to cleanse it anew so that we be be right to celebrate worthily, right? This is what I want to talk about here. You know what? That God has poured out his love on us through the sacrifice of Christ. But you know what? We still are walking on this journey. And there's times that we choose for and there's times that we need to make adjustments in our life. And so what I want to say today is before we take communion, let the Lord work in your life and show you these areas that we need to list, lay down and say, Lord, you know, I need help in this area. Lord, forgive me in this area. And God says, hey, I'm just to forgive when you turn from those things. He wants to pour out his grace and mercy and bring you into that renewing, right? And here's something else that makes me think of too. In Romans 12 too, we talk about this often. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's important that we renew our mind with the word of God, right? That's what we want to be looking at. We renew our mind with the word of God. I'm going to pick up a little speed here because we want to go ahead and partake of this. We see that we are reconciled to God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I thought of a few things as I was writing this down. And I want us to reflect on this. Why we do what we do? You know what? To be reconciled. God gave his son for us. Think about this. We have peace with God. And we've got some references up there. I encourage you to write them down, guys, and we can go back. What else? We have access to God. Just like we were talking. Anytime we can call on our Heavenly Father. See, this should be a time of celebration. See, a lot of times people get and they think, man, I'm not worthy to take this. Well, you know what? We're we're not worthy outside of Christ anyway on anything. So the good news is Jesus says, come to my table. Agree with me about what's going on in your life. Leave it at the foot of the cross. And drink and take of the sacrifice and renew yourself, all right? So we have access. Again, we have fellowship with God. Now, for those that had the opportunity to come here last week and we we were able to have a meal together, that's a good time, isn't it? That fellowship, taking time, you know, sharing some of the, the stories that God's been working in our life. You know, we have that ability every day through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us through prayer and communication with God, right? Justification. I always say this. When I see that word, it reminds me, just as if I've never sinned. See, God looks at us through the sacrifice of Christ and sees us pure, clean, and holy because Jesus did it all. I get so irritated when I see things and and, uh, hear things and people want to add to the work of the cross. You can't add to the cross. It's not cross plus. It is Jesus, period. And his sacrifice. The part we play is grabbing hold of that by faith. Amen? Yes. Adoption. He sets us in his family. We are made right. We are set in his family. Right? We are heirs to the throne. Restoration. Isn't it good? You know, when we think about this, even when I think about this room. Some of us were meeting here earlier when we were doing started Bible study about three weeks before we actually moved the church in here. And it was, it was a great blessing, but you know what? It needed a little TLC, didn't it? And it's still being worked out. But now look at the restoration that God has been working through the hands and feet and the willing people to paint and serve and do that. Well, you know what? God wants to do a restoration in your life, in your heart, in your family, on your job, in your city, right? But you know what? Are we going to be willing 
and have a pliable heart that we go along with that and be used by God in those areas. Spiritual exchange. And I know I'm hitting you with a lot of these guys, but there's so many things that come in under this. And I want us to have a full picture as we meditate on what God's done for us before we receive communion, right? Spiritual exchange. Jesus laid his righteousness aside and came and walked as a man in perfect relationship with the Father. Lived the sinless life and bared our sin. Exchanged his, his life for ours so that our life could be his. Did I say that right? Did that make sense? He gave his life, exchanged his life to purchase us and redeem us and buy us back out of sin. Again, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to guide us. We're identified as a new creature in Christ. We know 2 Corinthians talking about if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You know, that's what we look at when I talk about God working from the inside out in our lives. He works from the inside out. And you know, sometimes we're still dealing with some of this flesh. But I want to know, I want you to know this, that we are secure in Christ by what he's done. Amen. Saving life of Christ. We're clinging on to the Savior. You know, I think about when we did several messages back when we were talking about when we're drifting and we need that, that, that life raft. That's what Christ has done for us. He's given us a way to make it out alive. And you know what? So much more than that. See, a lot of times people say, well, give my life to Christ and I'm not going to help. That is true. But you know what? There's so much more God wants to work in your life while you're here. Right? Right, Grandmama? Give me an amen. <laughs> because you know what? He bought it all for us. And you know we can start living in it and walking in it now. And that's why I always say, man, know who you are in Christ. Speak the word of God. Get excited about what God's doing because he wants to bless you and bless somebody through you. Amen? In the joy of the Lord. To me, that's the number one thing you should see if somebody's a believer. The joy of the Lord. You know, those people... When I think about the Israelites being in bondage for 430 years and God freed them, guess what? Said not one of them was sick. None. Their clothes didn't even wear out. He's a provider. You know, can you imagine them? They're sitting there and they go, okay, it's time to go. And they just roll out of there. And a matter of fact, the, the, the Egyptians said, just go, man, just go, go. They start giving them some, hey, you need some gold? Take it. You need this? Take it. Take it. See, they had God's favor. And see, we have God's favor. And we have it under the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So as Miss Tanya comes up and gets ready to play us a song, I want to tell you how, how we want to go about this today. First, I want to reflect back on the things that we talked about. When we think about remembering, we can remember God's love, his sacrifice, his obedience, and his forgiveness for us, and his power to overcome the grave. When we think about worship and we think about rejoicing, we see the freedom, we see acceptance, the power over sin and the joy of the Lord. When we think about turning from the things of the world and turning to God, we see that we have opportunity to change our mind. We have opportunity to renew our mind and walk in the fullness of what God has. And last, Jesus is all about reconciling, making things right and redeeming. We're right with God through his sacrifice. We have fellowship with the Father. And we are identified in Christ. At this time, I asked the ushers that I spoke to earlier to come on up. And this is how we're going to do this, guys. 
what I want to do is we're going to take communion and we're going to think about what we talked about today, what we learned today. And today we, we have, uh, get, a, get a look at this, give you all a little background. We have the juice and the bread all together. And what I ask you to do is just wait um, until everybody gets theirs. Tiny's going to sing a song. And during that t- song, I want you to apply those four things that we talked about, right? About reflecting on what God's done. Looking at how we rejoice and worship, okay? And then after that, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together, all right? So at this time, I'm going to get time to start a song, and I'm going to pray. I'll tell you what, let me just pray for us first, and then we'll go ahead and start. Father, I thank you today as we, we look and learn about what you've given for us, and as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, Lord, through the wine and the, 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 the bread, and Lord, in this case, Lord, the juice, Lord, that is representing your blood that was poured out, and the bread that represents your body that was beaten for us. So today, Lord, let us just take a look at our hearts and examine ourselves before we take this. And, and Father, remember the great sacrifice and then rejoice in that and celebrate the life we have in you. In Jesus' name. Here we go. Thank you. What you pray, I pray. Spirit, how could I expect to walk without you? 
you guys give me a second to get a hold of this right here. We've got the bread on the top and then the juice on the bottom. We're going to take this together. And I want to read from the scripture. Everybody's getting set up there. Make sure we have an opportunity to do that. Great. On the night that he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and take that. We're just going to thank God. Lord, thank you for your body that you gave the ultimate sacrifice for each one here, Lord. Today, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that our sins are forgiven. We thank you, Lord, that, that we do this to remember what you've done. And Father, that we do this because we come to you by faith in what you've done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a breath. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread, And drink this cup. You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Father, we thank you that you poured out your blood, Lord Jesus, for us. To purge us from all our sin, Lord. Today, we just come to you in remembrance. And uh, Father, we thank you so much for what you've done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take it down. Amen. And you know what's so great about that? Is that, like he says, he says, every time you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. That's the celebration that we have in Christ. To understand that Jesus has made a way for us. Now, I'll tell you what, if you want to, as we get ready to give you something, you can just pass everything over to the side and we'll make sure we get it. But what I want to do now is get the band to come back up and we're going to finish up with a song. And today, what I want you to see is that, you know what? We just took our time today, had a little bit of family time, did a little bit of teaching and and preaching because I want us to see, I want us to understand why we do what we do. Amen? So how about that? Did everybody know why we...